The following sermon is a ministry of Hilton Head Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at hiltonheadpca.com. All right. Uh, can you take out your, everyone got a bulletin, right? Can you take out your bulletin? And there's a pen in front of you in your little thing if you didn't bring a pen. Now, usually my wife has the pen, right? The wife has the pen in her purse and the guy's asking for the pen. But there's a pen in front of you. So all I want you to do in the front of your bulletin is write your favorite meal. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Just write that down real quick. Breakfast, lunch, just pick top of your head. What meal do you like the best? Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Okay, got that one? Then, uh, I also want you to put on there um, what type of meal you like. So, for example, I'm a breakfast guy. I like breakfast. And for breakfast, if I can, it's a bit of a splurge, but I like to have lox. You know what lox is? It's kind of like salmon with a... Cream cheese is really high fat. Cream cheese and bagel. and that, That's what I like. Breakfast locks. So if you can put that down there also, your favorite type of meal. Uh, and then uh, which one is breakfast, dinner, lunch. Okay, you got that? All right, awesome. Uh, we'll come back to that at some point in time. There's a meal coming for us. There's a meal that we're going to enjoy. And it's going to be a celebration to beat all celebrations. It's spoken of in a bit of a cryptic way in the book of Revelation. So I'm going to show you that text. It's from Revelation 19. It reads this as follows. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. Revelation 19.9. Let's pray. God, as we dip into this text now and a few others very quickly, rapidly move through some things, here's what I want you to do. Uh, Far be it for me to command you, to direct you, to control you. I cannot, but I can ask. So I'm going to ask this morning. I'm going to ask that you change us. I I don't want to be the same as I was when I walked in here. And for those who have gathered, I feel the same way. I don't want them to be the same I want by the power of your word, what's already happened already, the transparency of Matt in confession, uh, the bravery in, of, of Lauren in singing and speaking, all those things, Lord, the, 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 the imagery of Gideon's going out and sharing your word and what's going to happen now. We want you to change us, to make us hungry for who you are. So God, I pray that you would do that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, there's going to be this feast to come. talks about in the book of Revelation. The wedding feast of the Lamb. Now, you may have seen great movies before where at the very end of the movie, whatever the adventure movie is, there's this celebration, right? Be, be it Star Wars or The Lord of the Rings or whatever it might be. It's great movies and they have this big celebration. And there's dancing and there's singing and there's drinking and there's eating and the food is awesome and everyone's having a good time and smiling and laughing. Those images will pale. They will be as nothing compared to when Jesus comes back and he sets the table. And somehow, I don't know how it all works, but somehow we will sit there together with the king. And the one who said on the night that he was betrayed, he said, hey, I won't take up this cup again until I taste it with you in the new kingdom. Those of us who are in Christ, well, at that moment we'll see it and we'll see him and he'll, he'll reach his hand for the cup and he'll take the cup. 
and the consummation of all things will happen. And we will celebrate, and we will laugh, and we will share stories, and it will be a glorious, rich time. We will eat the best food and drink the best drink and have the most fun company of all. It will be an awesome time, far above anything you've ever experienced here. That is what's coming for us who are in Christ. Now, how do you feel about that as I explain that? Excited? It's like, yes, yes, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Now, last week, Andrew Shank preached a great sermon here. I don't know, if you're like perimeter, how many of you were not here last week? Okay, so it's about typical of perimeter. We don't know where, you, where you're at, but it's like half of you come one week, half of you come the other week. But last week, he preached on Romans chapter 10, and he was talking about this whole idea of um, how will they know unless we preach the good news. How will we know unless we go? Blessed are the feet of those who go and share the good news of the gospel. And he gave this great uh, sermon on the power of the gospel, and we have been sent to go out and share the good news. Now, I have to apologize to you already, because a minute ago when you said, hey, have you had to have a good week? I just kind of automatically kind of raised my hand. I'm on vacation down here in Hilton Head. But what he meant was, you know, did, did, did you have things happen in your life that were struggles? So I listened to Andrew. I sat right about over there where you guys were last week. We happened to be here. And I listened to him talk about, you need to go out and share the good news. And I thought, you're right. I'm a pastor, 20-something years. I didn't this week. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But I'm going to tell you, I I share the gospel with no non-believer. I did with some believers but not with non-believers this week. And he preached it last week. It was a beautiful message about, we have this gift and it's, it's awesome and it's great and Jesus saved us and all these things. Go out. And I went out and had an ordinary week. So my week was worse than his, right? I didn't share the gospel. So what I'm finding in my life, what I'm learning in my life is this. I used to say stuff like this when I was younger. I used to say, um, here's what I've learned. Let me tell you what I've learned. Now I say stuff like, well, here's what I've learned. I've learned that 6 plus 5 is 11. I've learned that. I don't need to learn that again. I know 6 plus 5 is 11. Most everything else, I'm learning. And those of you who are older here will connect with that. You know, the older you get, the more you realize, hey, I just don't know that much. I'm learning along the way. So what I'm learning about evangelism and about sharing the gospel is this. I need a pathway. I'm a pastor. And I still need a pathway to share the gospel because I won't go out and do what Andrew talked about doing last week just straight up. It's too much of a leap. It's just too far for most people. I need a pathway. And what I've learned over the years is this, is that food is the pathway. And we see it throughout the Bible, and the Lord has used it in an amazing... It's not just for you to eat It's not just for you alone. It's not just to nourish your body. Food is from God for his people to eat in community that they might be in community with others and share the gospel. That's a long sentence, and it's true. Let me take you to Genesis, the second chapter. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord said, Lord God said, It's not good for man that that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. 
So you catch the idea from the very, very beginning. He didn't have to make food, did he? He's God. He could have just said, I'm making you. You don't need to eat. Live, die. He made food for people to eat. And he also made food for people to eat in community. There's something put in all of us, all of us who are created in the image of God, there's something put in all of us that has this desire to eat in community. Even if you're home alone, even if, I'll use you guys, you're married. Are you guys married? Uh, Good, because he's kind of sitting kind of close to you. Um, (laughs) Even if you're, so this is not your marriage, I'm sure, but even if you're at home, sometimes an older couple like us, I don't know some of you guys, we go home sometimes, we've had a long week, we go home and we watch, we eat in front of the TV. Y'all ever done that? Yeah, right. Uh, So even if you're eating alone or in front of the TV with your spouse and not talking, you're eating with Alex Trebek, right? The guy from Jeopardy, because you're watching Jeopardy, right? So there's this whole idea of we like to eat. No one likes to just sit there by themselves and just eat. You'll read a book, you'll watch TV. You want connection. There's this connection, the way God designed us, between food, people, community, and communion with God. He gave that to us. He gave that to the church that we might use that as a tool to be able to share the good news of the gospel. You see it throughout the whole Old Testament, right? You see all these feasts. You wonder why all those happened there. All these, 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 these pictures over and over again of food, of meals, all the way from Noah, celebrations there, to Abraham and the feasts that happened there, to Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. You see him going into Egypt. You see the whole idea of feast and famine in the Old Testament. Feast with the Lord. God's good. He's providing. The harvest is, is, is bountiful. Famine. The Lord's not around. Famine, the Lord is not around. Feast, the Lord is with us. He shows in the Passover the importance of that. They could have, he could have instructed them, hey, take a lamb out somewhere, slaughter it, put it to death, spread some blood, and and, and go on from there, and and the Lord will pass over here. What does he do? He makes a meal out of it. There's the Passover meal, people sitting together, eating together, talking together, ready to go somewhere together as they're tasting and seeing and wondering, what is the Lord doing here? So this imagery of food carries all the way out through the Old Testament. You see it over and over. You see it in manna, right? It's falling from the sky for them. The land of milk and honey, you see it there. There's this idea of people eating in community. And then Jesus. Jesus comes. Now, in the New Testament... um, the, the appellation son of man is used three times. Uh, it's used this way. It says, uh, the, the son of man came to seek and save that, that which was lost. The son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. The son of man came to what? Serve and not be served. Both of those. And then most radically, the text says this. This is from Luke chapter 7. The son of man came eating and drinking. And you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus came eating and drinking. He is turning water into wine over here. He is multiplying loaves and fishes over here. He is going to somebody's house for dinner. He's at someone's house for dinner. He's leaving someone's house for dinner. And they're talking, and he's, in, he's eating with all these people that other people wouldn't eat with. And he is eating with them and dialoguing with them and talking to them. 
he is inaugurating, he does in Luke 4, the year of Jubilee. He says, now this has come. It's the time to celebrate. Why? Because all those years, the promise had been there. Jesus is coming. God had created. Man had fallen. Satan was saying, ha ha, it's not going to work out. And he said, you wait. Jesus came. He came and he lived a perfect life for you. Perfect. And he died a brutal death and endured the wrath of God for you. And that is caused to sell. That's what we call a Good Friday, by the way. It's a good day. That is a day of celebration, by the way. It's not a day of somber and remorse and sadness for us. Not as Christians. It's a good Friday because he came and he came eating and he came drinking. And he said, this is what I have for you. This is the feast. These are good things that are for you. But he did say, as I mentioned earlier, he said at the Last Supper, you can put the slide up there for the, for the supper. At the Last Supper, he takes all of that, all this food imagery, and he centers it towards himself. He says, take, this is my blood, shed for you. Take, eat, this is my body given for you. When, when you come to the table, Last week I sat there. We came to the Lord's table. We're not coming to the table today, by the way. Last week I sat there. We came to the Lord's table. It's from God for his people that we might be strengthened, that we might have faith, that we might look to him, that we might receive, that we may feed on Christ. He says, this is my flesh, this is my blood, that we might feed on him, that we might be strengthened. So all those other meals, all those other things, food in the Old Testament going all the way through all the feasts, point to the Passover to start off with, and then they point to the Lord's Supper. And I sat here last week and I thought, oh, how many people cannot come to the table? How many people that I know out there cannot come to this table? And certainly they won't be able to come to the feast, the grand feast that I just talked about at the very beginning, if they don't come here. They have to come here first. So in order to get to here, they have to have come here. And perhaps in order to become here, they've got to have come here. That's our role. Now, I love this text from John 21. Let me just read it to you. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish. This in John is after the resurrection. Right? The work had been done. A perfect life imputed to you. The wrath of God for your sins. Take His work was done. And yet, he stays around that people might see, but also that he might feed them, that he might show them, that he might once again point them to the table. Now, uh, we are, we, I am by far, you know, it's interesting, I got this little thing in the bulletin here about my bio and whatnot. I told Matt, I said, how about you just put this, sinner saved by grace. Just a sinner saved by grace. So I'm no better than Peter at all, the apostle Peter. But Peter didn't get it. It's kind of like Jesus is feeding him this fish and saying, go forth, make disciples, etc., etc. They go on their merry way. And what happens with Peter? Peter goes, uh, well, no, nah, I'm not sure. How about just to them? How about... To, to people who are like me, it's, it's okay. I'll kind of hang around with people who are like me. So in the book of Acts, 10th chapter, 
Satan has kind of stepped into Peter's life here, he says. He says this, and he became hungry and wanted something to eat. This is a dream. Uh, But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, uh, descending, being let down by its four corners upon the earth. In it were all kinds of animals and reptiles and birds of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, No, no, uh, by no means, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that is common or unclean. I won't go into that text at all because I do not have time to do it. But what was happening there was the question was, do we go to other people who are not like us? Do we eat with people who are not like us? Now, Jesus had just had three years of ministry of eating with tax collectors and sinners and all kinds of people. And Peter here is still saying, I don't, we just want to be with kind of our own people. And, and the Lord is clearly saying here, go and be with people who are not like you, those who are not in the spirit. I don't think necessarily he's saying to him, go and be with people who are a lot poorer than you. He might. He might be saying, go with people who are a lot richer than you or a darker skin color than you or a different sexual orientation than you or those things. He may be saying that. But what he's saying is, go and be with people who are not in Christ and go and eat with them and and be, be with them. The Lord provides food. He provides it for a purpose. He sets your body to where three times a day or so you're saying, hmm, I want that. 21 times a week. He asks us, it points to him, he invites us, and he asks us to invite others. Now, lest you think I'm really good at doing this, I already told you I didn't share the gospel with any non-believer this week. I struggle with this. Breakfast is my favorite meal. So what I've had to do is this, is think through what does it look like for me going forward? So I started working out about a year and a half ago, went to the gym. Uh, It is the Marcus Jewish Community Center. (laughs) We live in Dunwoody in, in Atlanta, for those of you who are familiar with that. So I started going there about a year ago, working out, doing this body pump thing, body combat, et cetera, et cetera. And the Lord was kind of working in my heart and mind saying, hey, you're working out and that's good. What about the gospel? And I'm working out with these guys, some women in the class, but guys in the class who are sweaty. And I'm thinking, well, how am I going to start talking to this guy? How am I going to, you know? And the Lord reminded me, you got to eat, don't you? So what I said was, um, what I should do is invite one of these guys to breakfast. Just invite him to breakfast. And I thought, oh, that's going to be hard to do because I'm kind of coming in, setting up my equipment, my bar and everything, and this guy's coming in, et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't do it for a long time. And then one day, the Lord just kind of like, and, and I said to the guy, hey, uh, would you ever want to go to breakfast? And here's what the guy said, yeah. It was like, wow, that's pretty easy. But I didn't do anything still. I'm just like you, really. I didn't do much. About a month goes by, I see the same guy, and I say, hey, would you be interested in maybe in going to, we're talking like this, he's setting up his stuff, I'm setting up my stuff. You, you interested in going to the gym? And um, I'm going to breakfast? He goes, yeah, I would. And here's where the spirit moved. There's another guy next to me here. And for some reason, my hand did this to the guy next to me. 
I said, um, what do you think? You want to go too? Never met the guy. And he said, well, what are y'all going to do? And uh, I said, well, we're going to go just grab breakfast. Just have breakfast. He goes, I'd love to. He then told me his name. His name was very Jewish. <laughs> very Jewish. And I said, hey, after class, we'll, we'll swap numbers to text and we'll kind of t- figure out where we're going to meet, et cetera, et cetera. So we have class. We finish. I'm going to text him my numbers. I text him my, my, my name. I said, I'm going to call you and you'll get my contact information. So I didn't realize when I call someone on my phone, my contact information goes to them. But also, it, in my phone, it also says where I work and who I am. It's all my contact information. So no one in the gym or very few people knew at that time I was a pastor. So this goes to this guy, and he goes, oh, your name's Randy. What is perimeter? And I thought, oh, dang, I'm exposed. So he goes, uh, I said, um, so I thought, I'm quicker than Satan here. It's the place where I work. And he goes, what kind of place is it? Uh, it's a church. What do you do? What do you, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And I thought right then, Satan had intervened, and uh, this guy was going to say, no way am I going to breakfast with you. He emails me that afternoon, and he says, hey, by the way, uh, I know you invited Tom, um, but also there's Peter and there's Sam, and I think they'd love to do this, and we ought to call this the Body Pump Boys Breakfast Club. <laughs> That's what we have, and we get together, breakfast, my favorite meal, and we talk. And we're doing that this year, just getting to know their story, their pain, their issues, their challenges, their life. Their, the gospel will come. I believe it. God will do a work here. It was an invitation to breakfast for them, boldly being able to do that. That's all it took. Tim Chester says this from A, a Meal with Jesus. It's not on the screen. You just have to listen to, to what I'm saying. And Tim Chester, by the way, wrote a wonderful book called A Meal with Jesus. Uh, which is very helpful to, to this end for you. And then I'm going to give you a homework assignment and be done. Tim Chester says this, Jesus didn't run projects. He didn't establish ministries. He didn't create programs or put on events. He ate meals. If you routinely share a meal, if you routinely share meals and you have a passion for Jesus, then you'll be doing mission. Repeat that. If you routinely share meals and you have a passion for Jesus, then you'll be doing mission. It's not that meals save. People are saved through the gospel message, but meals will create natural opportunities to share that message in a context that resonates powerfully with what you're saying. If you'll invite someone to them, remember, it's set in them from eternity. I want community, I need to eat. I want community, I need to eat, I need to be with And you come in and say, I'm going to invite you to a meal. God will use that if you have a passion for Jesus. And at some point in time, you'll have to blurt something out about something along the way. Okay, here's your homework. I I want you to consider this week, exploring. What we're finding at Perimeter is this. Uh, We're finding that we live somewhere, and that matters. Where you live matters. You live in Indigo Run. You live in Hilton Head Plantation or whatever. It might, you, you live there. I live in Dunwoody. And, that, and it's a defined thing. And there are people there. 
I'm living somewhere and that matters. So I want you to explore the land. Look at a map. Drive around the street. Explore. People, people live there. People who want community and want to eat. I want you to ask this week. I want you to ask Jesus for boldness just to invite someone and then taste and see that the Lord's good. Eat. I'd like for you to eat this week. Now, would you do one more thing and then I'm going to pray for you. Take your bulletin back out and you're not going to write anything. You're just going to hold it. That's all you're going to do. Because on that bulletin, I think what you did was you put, I put breakfast and lox salmon. <laughs> breakfast and lox. Uh, take this with you today. Take it with you today. And I'd love for you to consider, maybe it's at lunch today, this afternoon or whatever, put a name on it. Is it John next door? Is it Mary? Is it, who would you say, boy, I, I would just, I, and, and here's the thing. You, if you invite someone to lunch or to your home, to your home is ideal, or breakfast or whatever it might be, don't, don't feel like you've got to go share the gospel with them. Don't feel like you need to talk about Jesus or sin or a bunch of other things. Just listen. Just ask them some questions. Just get to know who they are. I, I know for sure the, the Lord would sovereignly and providentially come upon that and begin doing the work. It may be a lunch and a lunch and a lunch and a breakfast and then, and then something will happen and you'll be used of the Lord to be able to share the good news. You might even say, hmm, I'd love for you to come with me at some point in time to be blessed. Let's pray. God, that's our desire. That's our hope, isn't it? All of us would say we want success. We, we want to feel your good pleasure and we know we have it in Christ. We're not going to earn any more or, or, or earn your, your favor from a salvation perspective. But we, we stare at the table today and we just think, oh, who can't come that we know? And who won't come to the grand feast? So help us. Would you help this group this morning now catch the idea just to invite someone to breakfast or lunch or dinner, share, listen, learn, that they might be able to share the good news, that they might be able to come to the Lord's table, that they might be able to come to the great feast. Thank you so much for inviting us, for doing the work that only you can do. We do it in your strength, not in ours. In Jesus' name, amen.